The LA Kings played their first game of the 2023 rookie face-off in Las Vegas. We'll tell you how the rookies looked. Plus, it's a feedback Friday on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Coming up in today's show, we have an actual game to tell you about. Plus, the Kings uh, have some news that they've passed along. And, of course, it's a Feedback Friday, so we'll be getting into your emails and your YouTube posts in just a bit. But first, one day after the LA Kings rookies gathered in El Segundo, they headed out to Las Vegas for the start of the 2023 rookie faceoff, which got underway uh, Friday afternoon with the Vegas Golden Knights hosting a five-team event. Now, it is not a tournament. Not every team will play each other. It's a group of three games for each team with the LA Kings taking on uh, the San Jose Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Anaheim Ducks, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights also involved in this event. Uh, but game one for the Kings was against the San Jose Sharks, and if you missed it, well, the Sharks skated off with a 4-3 shootout win. But I don't know the results of these things are all that important. It's a little bit more important about how some of the players looked. And going into this game, we've talked about some of the Kings rookies over the offseason, uh, some of the younger players, the futures, hopefully the future players, the future stars of the LA Kings. There were three players that I specifically wanted to focus on for this opening game of the rookie faceoff. And uh, the first one was goaltender Eric Portillo. Uh, the second was forward Francesco Pinelli. And the third was defenseman Jakob Dvorak. Now, Pertillo was a former pick of the Buffalo Sabres, traded the LA Kings this past season because he didn't want to play in Buffalo and is looked at as potentially the LA Kings' future in net. Pinelli is a former second-round pick in 2021, coming off a big season in the OHL and appears to be ready to play his first professional season of hockey with the Ontario Reign. And Dvorak was the Kings' first selection, second-round pick in this year's draft. Uh, a couple of other players that we're going to mention who stood out, but those are the three that I wanted to focus on going into this game. And I have to say it was a disappointing game for goalie Eric Portillo, the former University of Michigan star. Uh, first off, it was disappointing, at least to me, that he did not start the game. Uh, I'm not sure why, but he ended up coming into the game about seven minutes left in the second period, and he never looked comfortable. Uh, the second shot on net against Portillo uh, went uh, past him. Uh, looked like a very stoppable shot from the high slot. He wasn't surprised by it. It wasn't a one-timer, uh, not deflected. He wasn't screened. Uh, just didn't stop it. Uh, he would let in two more goals in the third period and then allowed both shooters that he faced in the shootout to score 
uh, in taking the loss. And I don't want to overreact, obviously, to just about two periods of hockey for him. But uh, he just didn't look very good uh, in this game. He allowed three goals on 17 shots. Um, and I can't give you a real good critique on the two goals he allowed in the third period because, frankly, uh, the streaming feed that we had wasn't exactly NHL quality. So couldn't tell for sure if there might have been a deflection or something along those lines in close. But I can tell you for sure I thought the first goal was a soft goal. Saw it all the way. Uh, player was from some distance, but again, no screen, no deflection. That's a goal you probably have to save, and unfortunately he didn't. Um, now, I'm sure being the number one goalie at the University of Michigan, it was very rare for him to come off the bench and skate in the middle of a game. So I do want to cut him a little bit of slack on that. Um, but again, honestly, didn't look real great, uh, Eric Portillo. Now, I would expect him to get the start in the Kings' next game, which is Saturday against Arizona. Um, so we'll see if that's a better situation for him and we if we get a better performance. Um, like I said, I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that maybe coming in in the middle of the game is something he hasn't done much of, didn't really have a proper warm-up. So we'll see if he steps up and plays a lot better against Arizona in the next game, then maybe we can say, well, that was a little bit of an understandable, um, not great performance for Eric Bartillo for the LA Kings in their rookie game, rookie tournament opener. Um, I was underwhelmed with Bartillo. But I was very impressed with forward Francesco Pinelli, arguably the best player on the ice for either team, at least the best skater. Now, he started on the top line at center and was noticeable for most of the game in all situations. He finished with just one point, um, but had a terrific pass to Andre Lee for the Kings' first goal. Uh, several good scoring chances, though, and set up his teammates multiple times, moved the puck well in the power play. And I think most impressively for me, was his work on the penalty kill. He did a great job getting into passing lanes, even intercepted a pass that led to a great shorthanded chance for one of his teammates. Uh, also had a great hustle play late in the game in the three-on-three -three overtime where the Sharks had an odd man rush looking to win the game, and he skated his ass off, got back into play, and helped to break it up. Really, really impressed with Francesco Pinelli. Um, like I said, had energy, was smart, showed great instincts in whatever role he was asked to play. I really look forward to uh, keeping up with his progress in the AHL with the Ontario Reign this season. As for Jakob Dvorak, um, there wasn't much there really to see. Uh, I'm not sure what his final minutes were, um, but he didn't really stand out in any way. Now, he did have two assists. Uh, one was a primary assist and one was a secondary assist. Um, but I was surprised that he looked pretty average on the ice in every way, and, and that included physically. A lot was made about him being the biggest player drafted in the draft this past season. Uh, he's 6'5", 210 pounds, but um, he didn't really look bigger than the other players. He looked about the same. Um, I just thought he would stand out a bit more on the ice when I was looking for him uh, as being kind of a bigger, stronger guy, and he really wasn't. Um, and, and, and his game wasn't all that noticeable either. Now, to be fair, I didn't notice him in a negative way either. Uh, there were no egregious turnovers uh, on the blue line, no coverage issues that I could see. Um, he was there and he was okay, but again, didn't really stand out much from what I could see. And again, I was expecting to see this really big, strong guy. Uh, I'm not saying he's a Dano Char out there, but it just wasn't real noticeable uh, for me uh, watching that game. Now, there were a few players I wasn't necessarily focusing on that going into the game uh, that played so well that it, it caught my attention. Uh, and a couple of forwards, um, Alex Laferriere and Martin Chromiak both showed a lot of jump. 
Both were aggressive offensively. Both were engaged in the play often, um, especially as the game went along. It wasn't a great first period all the way around for the Kings. Um, we're going to talk about one player, though, that did have a great first period. But I thought both of LaFerriere and Chromiak um, were really nice uh, offensively as far as being creative, showed speed, showed quickness. They really did jump out on the ice. Uh, for those of you that don't know, LaFerriere was a third-round pick in 2020 out of Harvard, and Chromiak was a fifth-round pick in 2020. That had a big season in juniors the year after he was drafted. He probably would have been a much higher pick than a fifth-round pick had he had that season the season before he was drafted. Um, but both these guys looked very, very solid. Um, looking forward to seeing their progression going forward with the Ontario Reign this season. So I thought uh, they both looked good. LaFerriere ended up with a goal, and Chromiak had an assist in the game. I mentioned earlier that the top player on the ice for me was Francesco Pinelli, or at least the top skater, because Kings goalie Jacob Ingham was fantastic in net to start the game. The Kings got off to a slow start, and he made save after save to keep L.A. in the game. Uh, they never trailed when he was in the in net. Uh, Ingham finished allowing no goals on 26 shots, and many of them were high-quality uh, chances by the Sharks. Um, while Eric Bartillo seemed to be the Kings goalie of the future, at least what we th what were thinking, um, keep in mind there was a time when we thought Jonathan Bernier was the goalie of the future for the Kings, and it turned out to be some guy named Jonathan Quick. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's the case here, but you never know when it comes to goalies. Uh, their progression is a little bit different, a little bit longer than your regular players. And um, it is interesting that both Eric Portillo, who I, who I said is kind of thought of uh, as maybe the future in net for the Kings, well, Jacob Ingham is the same age as Eric Portillo. They're both 23 years old. While Ingham has played uh, professionally for a few years, obviously Portillo was playing at the University of Michigan for many years. So they're the same age, but a different kind of experience between the two of them. Uh, Ingham was a former sixth-round pick of the Kings and has played 35 games professionally, six with the Ontario Reign, and 29 over the last few seasons with the uh, Kings ECHL affiliate, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Uh, so um, more games like this one for... Jacob Ingham, and uh, that could go a ways in getting attention from the organization. I thought he was really outstanding in this game. Maybe the best player uh, in the game. Uh, certainly the best goalie, without any question about that. So all in all, not a bad showing for the Kings. Again, losing 4-3 uh, in a shootout to San Jose. And to a San Jose team that obviously has not been very good for the past few seasons. Obviously, they've been able to draft very high in the NHL draft to be able to get some pretty quality players. And they had two of their number one picks uh, playing in this game as well. So you would expect that the Sharks would have some more talent on the ice. I thought it showed initially in the first period, things kind of evened out as the game went along, but a pretty good showing I thought for the LA Kings. And in particular, like I said, highlights for me, Francesco Pinelli, Martin Chromiak, uh, and also Alec Laferriere and Jacob Ingham all looked really, really good in the Kings opening game of the rookie face-off in Las Vegas. I mentioned the Kings um, will face the Coyotes on Saturday. Uh, that game's at 3.30. Uh, the Kings' final game, the rookie face-off, is Monday against the Ducks at 12.30. These games are being streamed online if you want to try and check them out. Um, Kings Insider and friend of the show, Zach Dooley, tweets out a link right before the game starts. I'm sure you can find a link as well at lakings.com if you're looking to watch these as well. But if you can't watch them, don't worry, I'll watch them for you, and we're going to have a recap of both the upcoming games, the final two games of the rookie faceoff for the LA Kings coming up 
on Monday's show. Coming up next, we've got your emails on this edition of Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Football season has kicked off and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use those bonus bets for point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, it is a Friday feedback show. Let's get to some of your emails. So the first one comes from Colin Kingston, and he is in Manhattan, Kansas. He says, I'm glad to see that the LA Kings finally announced their TV partner. I have to say that I'm disappointed, though. I live in Manhattan, Kansas, and I lived in Southern California for many years and became a Kings fan when Wayne Gretzky was traded to the Kings. At one time, I even had a 10-game ticket package for the Kings. I was hoping to subscribe to Valley Sports Plus so I could watch the Kings on television here, but it's not possible. Valley Sports will only allow me to subscribe to a plan that offers the team in the area where I live now. They call it my hometown team, but it's obvious it's not because it isn't my hometown. I'm willing to pay to watch the LA Kings on TV, and in this day and age of streaming and online capabilities, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to do so. It's very frustrating. I am thankful for iHeart. I'll still be listening, but hockey on the radio isn't quite the same. Keep up the great work, Eddie, and I'm an everydayer. Uh, your show keeps me connected with the Kings. Go, Kings, go. Uh, Colin, thanks for that. I, I'm told um, that ESPN Plus is an option for people in your situation. I'm not saying that through my personal experience. It's what I saw in a conversation on Twitter. Um, but you are correct. In this day and age, everyone should be able to see their favorite team if they're willing to invest in whatever it takes. Um, so while that situation with Valley Sports Plus apparently streaming is not an option for you, um, and I'm going to try and look more into this to see what options are out there for different Kings fans in different areas. But from what I'm told, uh, you might want to check out ESPN Plus to see if maybe that is an option for you outside of the Southern California area. Our next email comes from Jim in San Dimas. He says, zero-year Kings fan and every day uh, And he wanted to check in on some things he is optimistic about with the LA Kings and some things he's concerned about. We had a couple episodes talking about that this past week. He says, I'm optimistic about our chances to move forward. The Kings are continuing their transition into an offensively fluid team. 108-point team, he says. Wow, that would be a good season. He says the Kings have three legitimate centers, two have size with Blake Lozada as the fourth-line center now. They are properly slotted, and they have better balance. With Jim Hiller, they have an opportunity to improve their offensive game, a more positionless game in the Ozone. This is the second year of a new and improved power play and offense. Integrate Byfield, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Brant Clark in. Cali have led the league in power play goals with eight before a leg or ankle took him down. Uh, if his progression improves as much as last year, he's a top six forward with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Fiala. Arvidsson and Fiala on the power play. I want to see where Jim Hiller was taking them in that last one to two playoff games. I saw an amazing variation with tons of options, but only uh, about twice. He says Arvidsson should be uh, on a line with Deneau and Moore for power play balance of lines. Last year, Edmonton made the right coaching moves considering the Kings' glaring size issues with Lazat and all their young players, Kupari and Jared Anderson Dolan on the power play. With the addition of Louie and PLD, coaches won't be able to outcoach the team Rob Blake gave Todd. They have guys now that can be brought up with more size and experience for injuries and playoffs. The big questions, can Jared Stoll improve Pierre-Luc Dubois' face-offs? Will the ice-controlling system the Kings play improve Pierre-Luc Dubois' defense? Who will play with Clark, Andreas Englund, or Tobias Bornfoot? 
Uh, Clark is playing too. He's too damn good. Vision and presence like Scott Niedemeyer. Uh, what will the power play mix be? Who's the two centers? They need to be greater than 50% in the faceoff dot to have trust. Will Clark play with Kopi or Fiala? Will Byfield play on the power play as an F4 um, down low or at all? Goalies, enough said as a concern. He said, who's going to be the surprise coming out of camp? Alex Turcotte, Francesco Pinelli, uh, Jakob Dvorak, Steven Santini, Alex Laverriere, Samuel Fogimo. Um, just because David Riddich can't snub goalies, can we? I ramble on. I'm excited for the upcoming season. Go Kings go. And that is Jim in San Dimas. We've got Scott in Simi Valley. He says, as far as the team, our depth is thin. As you mentioned, the PK has to undergo a strategical change as we certainly haven't improved it through personnel or coaching. And we need to protect our young skill guys like Clark. If Turcotte gets into the lineup and I'm pulling for him like crazy, he cannot afford another concussion and we need a deterrent in the lineup. No, it's not 1979 and you're not going to win with your fists, but you also can't dress 22 guys who aren't willing to be able to step in and throw some bombs if needed. With that said, enforcers need to be able to contribute a lot more than Zach McEwen did last season. You got to be able to play. I don't think we should expect too much out of Kaliev, in my opinion. He has a great shot, but also somewhat telegraphs his blasts and is not the fleetest of skaters. I do think he'll have a decent year, and I think Byfield will take another step and maybe get 10 to 12 goals, but he is still one or two years away from realizing his potential, which means we'll need bigger years from PLD, Fiala, Kempe, and pretty much everyone else to win a couple of playoff series. If we don't do that, or better yet, get to the conference finals, the season is a definite bust considering all the draft capital the, uh, and established vets we gave up to get here. Thanks, Eddie. Go Kings, go. And that was from Scott in Simi Valley. Our next email comes from Greg Sakian. Hope I got that last name right, Greg. If not, correct me. He's in Montebello. He says, longtime Kings fan, longtime listener of Locked on LA Kings. One of my concerns going into the season is the physicality aspect of the team. We have goal scorers and playmakers, solid defensemen. However, we get when push comes to shove, Who's going to protect the teammates? It used to be Brendan Lemieux, but since he's being traded, I'm concerned that come playoff time, we're going to need a presence when other teams try to punk us. I understand that you don't necessarily have to have lots of space on our lines, if any, but this concerns me a bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks you and keep up the great work. Love listening to Locked On Kings on my way to work. Uh, Greg, well, I mean, that is a concern I've heard from some other uh, fans as well. And as we heard from Scott in his previous email, it isn't 1979 anymore. That's not to say that there isn't still a physical aspect of the game today, but it is more about speed and skill. Uh, that said, if the Kings do feel like they need somebody uh, at some point in the season, those types of players you can go out and find and get uh, for a reasonable price. Um, kind of like they did with Zach McEwen last year, even though that really didn't work out. So if they feel that's something they need for a playoff push, I think that's something that they can certainly get to uh, without much difficulty um this next email comes from robert and jeremiah and hawthorne uh, hey eddie everydayers uh, i and my son love the atmosphere at crypto.com arena uh as uh, the old name staples um when there were the sold out games do you see the kings getting back to where they have every game being sold out like the old days where they had 290 i believe consecutive games sold out uh go kings go uh well Pretty, pretty simple, uh, Robert and Jeremiah. Uh, if, if the Kings win and they have success and they're putting a good product on the ice, we will start to see the sellout streak uh, come back, I'm sure. You, you win and, and people like to, uh, like to watch that. Uh, our last email comes from Matthew. He says, hey, Eddie, I'm an everydayer. Going out, uh, going over the positives for the 2024 season, my senior year of high school. Congrats on that. He says, I believe we have a good shot at getting the top 
two or number one in the conference. The offense is becoming a force to be reckoned with. We had Kempe score 41, as well as Fiala, Kopi, Velarde, and Arvidsson get in the 20s. With Velarde gone, I think it is Byfield's breakout year, as well as Kaliev. When PLD arrives, I believe he'll fill in some of the void we lost. Uh, we have a 30-goal, and we'll have a 30-goal season, hopefully. And if Fiala has a full season this time, I think he can get 32. For Kempe, I predict a 50-goal season. He's one of the most underrated wingers and now in his prime. So I get uh, confidence in juice for this season uh, and go Kings go. Well, certainly it would be uh, great to see all those guys step up and have uh, career years or at least put up numbers they've duplicated recently. Uh, if they can obviously do that, that would be great for the LA Kings. Uh, we're going to talk about some of your YouTube comments here in a second on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical, who provides a product called the Jace Case that can uh, supply you with five life-saving antibiotics in case of an emergency. All you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases make a quick call to their board-certified physicians to be prepared with antibiotics in case of an emergency. You can also get outgoing care from their physicians or any treatment-related questions. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during an unexpected emergency. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication deliveries, and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, let's wrap it up with a few YouTube comments. This one comes from Richard Nixon's Feet Picks 794. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he says, I personally would have preferred the Kings trading for Connor Hellebuck instead of Pierre-Luc Dubois, since while Talbot and Copley can be a reliable tandem, I personally feel more comfortable with an elite force tending the net. And also, if Turcotte feels ready to make it to the NHL, he'll be relegated to fourth-line center or third-line wing, which is not necessarily the best fit for a fifth overall pick. That being said, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to see what a motivated PLD can do with Fiala on the same line. Byfield and Kaliev look, both look like they're ready to have breakout seasons. And to see Clark and Spence progress to mainstay NHLers is so exciting. If Turcotte can also finally stay uh, relatively healthy and make an impact on the team, that's also a huge plus. Let's get the cup. Uh, the Turcotte thing. Um, I think the only way Alex Turcotte gets into the Kings lineup is if there are injuries and there are holes that need to be filled and he has a great preseason training camp and early start to the season uh, in Ontario. So we'll see. I, I, if, if everything's healthy, if everybody's healthy, if there's not a lot of issues, uh, I think they, the Kings are just hoping to see a full healthy season from Alex Turcotte in the AHL. Maybe he could be a late addition uh, later on in the year, but I'm not expecting him to be uh, any kind of an impact player for the Kings this year, but we'll see. That would be wonderful if he was. Uh, this from Aquaman01. He says, uh, I'm looking forward to Kevin Fiala and Pierre-Luc Dubois becoming best friends and getting at least 80 points per player next season. Uh, Byfield and Kaliev emerging next season as players who can achieve 50 points in a season and Brant Clark uh, ascending into a the defensive lineup. Also, bold prediction, Alex Turcotte staying healthy and forcing his way into the lineup. So another Turcotte fan there. Uh, this comes from V Doom 777 with a comment on YouTube. He says, I'm not worried about the goaltending. The Kings were rattling off wins with Copley, uh, having a save percentage barely above 900. What I'm worried about is the team chemistry 
and the age of Kopitar and Dowdy, who are already grizzled veterans with far more games played considering they've played in playoffs and internationally. I don't feel great about the Kings' chances of getting past the second round. There is some depth up front, but they lack something in terms of grit and fight. Pierre-Luc Dubois is supposed to provide some of that, and now he got paid, and he is a diva, so let's go. Uh, championship years, Kings had plenty of guys that would put you uh, on your behind and make the opposition afraid. In my heart, I feel like there is not enough sheer will to punish and to win here, Pierre-Luc Dubois or no. Uh, this comes from the Big Lebowski 3961. He says, for Kings not to have come up with a goalie to replace Quick deserves some criticism. There are teams that not only have two quality goalies, but in some cases three. Through development or trade, the management should have done much better. Last time I checked, the team without a quality goalie doesn't go very far in the playoffs. Having a question mark in goal to start a season is a bit concerning. Let's see what develops. So those were some of the YouTube comments that we had. Thank you all uh, for uh, your feedback this week, whether it was from an email or a post on the YouTube channel. Like I say every week, this show is literally not possible without your responses, without your questions, without your feedback. So thank you to all who took the time to do that. If you want to send an email at any point on anything, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. And you can always post your comments on the YouTube channels as well. They are always welcome and they help even if uh, even if I don't end up reading them. All the comments help to get the uh, the YouTube channel and the show recognized. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day. Coming up next week, Monday, we will have a recap of the two remaining games for the Kings rookies and the rookie faceoff. Plus, the Kings had a press conference today. Uh, President Luke Robitaille, GM Rob Blake, head coach Todd McClellan, and select players all spoke to the media. Um, certainly going to go over that, find out what was said that was interesting. I know uh, I had heard, I haven't watched them yet, but I heard that Luke Robitaille announced the Kings actually signed a three-year deal to stay with Bally Sports West, which I was very surprised at, but we'll give you the details on that. Uh, we'll also have another rival report coming up, another interview this uh, coming week. Uh, we'll preview this weekend's preseason openers coming up in Australia for the LA Kings. That and more coming up next week on Locked on LA Kings. And we'd love you to stay connected with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. And as always, go Kings go.